Did you know that on average women live five years longer than men? This means that we need more money to retire comfortably. Yet a large percentage of us are still uncomfortable talking about money, continue to face a wealth gap compared to our male counterparts, and lack the confidence to manage investments. So how do we become comfortable talking about money? How can we narrow the wealth gap that exists between men and women? And how can we increase our level of confidence in managing investments? We set out to answer these questions with the help of someone who has found a simple formula that works and who proves that you don't have to be a financial pro to build your investments. Hey everyone, welcome to Her Canvas, our podcast where we discuss the topics that matter most to women and help us find the inspiration to live our best lives. I'm your host, Jadida Karanja. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Bachi. Michelle is a host of Therapy Roulette, a podcast which focuses on mental health in a comedic light. Michelle is also a self-taught savvy investor. She began investing in 2017, inspired by her decision to move cross-country. By starting over in a new city, she was motivated to educate herself about investing and financial planning. She started investing with free apps that require as little as $1 to start investing and gradually worked up to opening several brokerage accounts with different goals in mind for each. Women make better investors, yet we lack the confidence to manage our investments. According to a study done by Merrill Lynch, women are as confident as men in most financial tasks like paying bills and budgeting. Actually, it's 90% and 84% respectively. Yet that number drops to a whopping 52% when it comes to managing their investments. On top of that, women are just not comfortable talking about money. In this same study, 61% of women were more comfortable talking about death than money. Ouch. Today, we're here to change all of that. We'll be talking about the things women can do to get the confidence they need to manage their investments. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm so thrilled to have you on today. Thank you, Janita. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, That's a crazy statistic you just threw out that we're more more comfortable with death than talking about money. I know. When I saw that study, I was like, okay, that is not good. We need to change that. (laughs) I I luckily can say I'm the opposite way where I'm less comfortable talking about death, more comfortable talking about money. (laughs) Me too. I have to say I'm not comfortable talking about death at all. But I am comfortable yeah. talking about money. Um, maybe you can start by telling us more about your background and what led you to take charge of your financial planning. Sure. I am a writer and a stand-up comedian, and I've been hustling, working a lot of odd jobs in my professional life. I've only recently, in the past year, uh, started working like a more regular full-time office job. So I was used to like juggling a waitressing gig or a babysitting gig, like kind of scraping together every month. And um, when I moved cross country from New York to Los Angeles, I had been very frugal leading Mm -hmm. up to the move and really like planned for the move. So when I got to Los Angeles, I was sitting in my new apartment and thinking like, oh, I, I currently have a surplus of funds. And I luckily found a job immediately, a waitressing job. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't short of cash. 
Um, and so I was like, I have this extra money. I should learn how to make it work for me. I should start looking up how to invest rather than just sit on it in a savings account and hope that it lasts. I wanted to put it to good use because I had extra money on hand. And so just by reading internet articles and by starting a few accounts on free apps or very low cost apps, I was able to in real time learn how to invest with like dollar amounts, like under $10, you would see grow over time with these uh, very easy to use, like very easy to educate yourself apps. And I've become much more confident in the past three years. I started investing in 2017 Mm -hmm. and I've since like tried to tell friends and my boyfriend, like it's so easy to do. All you need is like some money that you don't need immediately that you can stand to lose if you happen to lose on your investment. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can, you know, spare 10 bucks, you can get started. Yeah, yeah. I always say that I think a lot of times, uh, by the way, that's great. That's a great story. (laughs) I always, you know, uh, tell folks that um, a lot of times they don't invest because they think that you have to have a lot of money to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, if you start with just a little, whatever you can spare, over time and in the aggregate, that adds up, right? And when you think about compounding, you know, that, that, you know, it's like you're growing your money while you're sleeping. And like you said, um, you have to do it with money that you're okay to lose, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's $10 or $20, and as you go along and maybe get a better job or just have a little extra, then you can add to, you know, that, you know, to to that amount. Um, If you get like a a hefty tax refund or mm -hmm. you get some kind of work bonus and you Mm -hmm. come into extra money, it's smart to tuck that away in an investment account and watch it grow over a year, two Mm -hmm. years, however long you plan to keep it there. I totally agree. So um, let's dive into the questions. Um, The first question actually is two-pronged. So the the first question is, how did you get into investing? That's one. And then the second one is, why did you start investing? I first got into it because I was doing decently well with money, um, with my job. I was working in New York City as a nanny, and I had a bunch of different clients I would nanny for. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had like a steady weekly routine of uh, nannying and getting paid on a weekly basis. And it was enough to cover my rent and groceries. And I had, you know, a couple extra hundred dollars or so every month. And I figured instead of just p- parking this in the savings account, my friends, um, I have a like, you know, a pretty smart group of friends, I think who some of them went to school for business and they had Mm -hmm. recently been like talking about investing just whenever we would hang out Mm -hmm. kind of as like a side topic. And I was like, Oh, they're, they must be investing. I should look into it. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, did a little bit of internet research. I recommend nerd wallet. Nerd wallet is a great financial website to learn about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And from reading nerd wallet, I learned stash is a simple app to use. You can invest with like a couple dollars and acorns is a, free app to use, or it might cost a dollar a month. So I started a stash account, an Acorns account, investing like maybe $5 a month into Mm -hmm. each, paying $1 for the account. So I was spending $6 on each of these accounts every month and watching my money grow in real time and adding to it, treating it like a game or some new skill I was learning. So Mm -hmm. I got really into it. And then after a few months of that, I progressed to like 
investing larger amounts of money, investing in more individual stocks and just doing more research, learning as I went along and realizing like, as long as I had some money in savings and I had a emergency fund in case like I couldn't pay rent next month, then I could still invest whatever extra money I had that extra hundred every month that I was luckily in surplus of. That makes sense. That That's really affordable too. Mm-hmm. Like a dollar to pay a dollar to, you know, get, have an account and, and invest. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now I do- was investing, yeah, like less than $15 a month when I first started. And just that little amount would either grow or it would stay the same. Um, you could also like, it could, it could go down, but you're not really losing much by investing $15. Yeah, I agree. Now, do do those uh, like Nerd Wallet and Stash? Do they have resources? Like, do they guide you along? Yeah, Nerd Wallet is like a financial uh, literacy website. Mm-hmm. So they do they do research um, on credit cards, investing, bank accounts. So if you're looking up something related to finance in general, Nerd Wallet's really good and up to date with that stuff. Just to mm-hmm. tell you what what. Uh, bank or what investing platform might be right for you. Mm-hmm. And then Stash is a good uh, low cost app. I think it costs a dollar a month for the basic Stash app where you can invest a few dollars and see how that money grows. And they have educational tools and they have like a little coach who can offer you advice based on the portfolio you're building. So mm-hmm. they, they try to make it like uh, appealing to beginning investors or people with no investing experience. Got it. Now, would you? How much time would you say you have to spend doing it, like on each app? You could spend a minute doing it. You could spend like no time doing it. You could automate everything. Mm -hmm. So I would, as a nanny, I would like put the kids down for a nap, or I would drop them off at their their school, and then I would, you know, go on Stash and deposit five dollars and pick what stock I wanted to deposit that in, and that's it. It took a few minutes of my time. Got it. So, so for for anyone who doesn't have a lot of time, they can't use that as an excuse that hey, I don't have time to do it. Anybody right. can actually make the time because you don't need that much time to get it done. Right. I mean, it. I think it helps to do some research, mm-hmm. especially if you are investing a larger amount of money than five dollars. Of course, sure, go do your research. But ultimately, you're going to invest your money. It's either going to grow you'll, it'll get reduced or it'll stay the same. Hopefully it grows over time if you're parking mm-hmm. it there for, for like a couple months, a couple of years. Got it. Why now not, how often, why not invest? I know now how <laughs> true, what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. Um, right. Now, how often do you check in on your investments? Cause that's the other thing. I always say that once you invest your money, you just can't leave it in there and not, you know, monitor to see what's happening. How yeah. often would you say you check in to, to see how your investments are doing? It really depends on how much free time I have. Because if, if I'm not like as busy in my work day or my every like day-to-day life, I would check in more often, maybe once a week, just because mm-hmm. I, do, I do try to be like somewhat active, whereas mm-hmm. I'm watching my, watching my individual stocks and like checking my portfolio, seeing how it's doing. But for the average investor, I would say you can check in once a year and mm-hmm. that's plenty, especially mm-hmm. if you're not doing high risk moves, you're not investing in some brand new company that might fail, but like a more stable company like Apple or mm-hmm. like a blue chip that's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, checking your investments once a year is like the average for most people. 
Got it. One of the philosophies I have, um, since you were talking about what kind of stocks, is I have this philosophy is that if you're using it and all your friends are using it and your friends' friends and your family <laughs> and everybody around <laughs> you is using it, um, you don't need to be a savvy investor to know that that's a good stock. And especially if you do a little bit of your research and, and, and learn a little bit more about the company, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can't go wrong. Right. Um, so I, I think there are tricks out there that can remove the intimidation factor where you think, oh my gosh, I have to know so much about finance and investing to be able to jump <laughs> in. But really, yeah, you don't. Um, it can be intimidating, especially like as I look up articles based on certain stock picks, like there's so much breakdown analysis. There's a lot of like crunchy numbers that goes mm-hmm. into it, but, mm-hmm. but I'm not crunchy any numbers other than, yeah, is this a good company? Do I believe in their product? Do I know people using the product? Yes. Then I usually invest. Like I'll read mm-hmm. a couple articles and get a general vibe of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, do they think it's a good pick or do, are they not sure? Mm-hmm. And then I, I invest accordingly, but I don't, I don't sit there like developing my own charts. I just, I kind of like <laughs> pa- passively read a few things and have a good feeling. And I am investing like extra money. This is not money I'm trying to send a kid to college with, or, you know, buy a house with, this is like my, you know, money to play with and hope it grows. And if it doesn't grow, I'm young, you know, I'm 30 years old. I don't have a family to raise. So if I lose it tomorrow, hopefully it gets, I get it back at some point, but it's not mm-hmm. a huge deal to me. So I'm like, I, I, I play with like a decent level of risk, but I also, I, I invest for the long term. So I invest in a company and I, I want it to stay there for a long time. Makes sense. You brought up a, a good point about, you know, age and taking into consideration your level of risk based off of how old you are. So if you're younger, you can, you know, take on more risk. And if you're older, then you need to be a little bit more conservative because you don't have as much time to, to make right. <laughs> a correction if anything happens. So right, my next... You probably want to access that money, you know, when you're nearing retirement or for some purpose. Whereas for me, I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to use this money for. Probably retirement. Mm-hmm. I have I have time to to waste and play around with it. Makes sense. So the other question I have is, when would you recommend? And this is a good segue because we were talking about age. <laughs> when <laughs> would you recommend someone to start investing? I would say today, like mm-hmm. to start today. <laughs> um, especially if you have like like if you have five dollars that you don't mind losing, go invest in one of the free apps or the low cost apps like Acorns or Stash. Robinhood is another free app and you can invest dollar amounts. You can buy fractional shares of companies. You don't have to buy a whole share of Tesla. You could buy a fraction of Tesla, for example, or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately you should start investing when you have the money to spare. So if you don't, if you have already a good um, emergency fund already set away for like something that, that may happen, like say you get in a car crash, God forbid, or, you know, your house catches fire and you need $600 tomorrow. You have that in an emergency savings account somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you have that money already tucked away and you have an extra, you know, surplus in your checking account, go ahead and invest that. Yes, absolutely. I was just thinking, as you were saying that, that, you know, even for like high school students, for instance, um, yeah 
or if you're even younger than that and you're getting a uh, a stipend every month from your parents or from, you know, sometimes your aunt will give you some money or your grandparent will give you some money. It's actually a right. good idea to start. Yeah, at that. If your relative gives you like a, a Christmas gift every year of a, a mm-hmm. check for $100, it's smart to learn how to invest that $100 because mm-hmm. it'll become 100000 you know, at some point if you keep with that plan of, oh, I'm going to invest my $100 Christmas gift every year, it'll mm-hmm. grow pretty exponentially over time. Right. And I, I, I do believe that financial planning should be taught earlier. I think that it, we just miss an opportunity to start early. Because like yes. you said, if there are resources out there to help you actually manage the investments yourself, no matter how young you are, especially if you have money that, like we said, if it's not a big deal for you to lose a little bit here and there and you're young, it's a good way to learn mm-hmm. at an early yeah, age. Yeah, I agree. You just want to make sure you do the research before you start so you don't uh, trust the wrong mm-hmm. person or the wrong mm-hmm. financial planner with your money. But that's why reading something like Nerd Wallet or some kind of legitimate financial resource can point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get into uh, some tips. So what are some of the actionable tips you can share with our listeners today to get them started? I would say um, if you don't already automate your savings by tucking a certain amount away every month or so into your savings account, I would start doing that. It's an automatic transfer from your checking into your savings, whether it's you know $5, $10, small amounts, that really adds up. And then you can see, oh, I have this extra, whatever it is, amount of money in my savings account. I don't need it anytime soon. I could invest that at very low cost in an app or a brokerage account like TD Ameritrade or E-Trade. They both have very low cost to opening a brokerage account. And then you can get started investing with, you know, very little amounts of, of money that you have. I agree. I believe automation is everything because you forget about it. Yeah, I was doing research for this podcast and one of the tips is like the best way to raise capital is by automatically deducting from your paycheck and <laughs> transferring it to another investing account. Because you right. money you don't even see missing from your paycheck. It's already taken out and put in some other account for you. Exactly. And when you budget, you don't even think about that money. You budget mm-hmm. with whatever's left over. So right. I, I mean, I'm think, think about like when you order pizza and you tip the pizza delivery person a few bucks, like, do you notice that $3, $5 is missing? No. So right. why not put that in an investment account and work for yourself? I agree. I love while, that. While if, also tipping the pizza band. Like, also of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that is probably one of the biggest uh, tips. If anybody should take anything out of this is automate, automate, automate your savings. Um, yes. And I would say also just read as much as you can or listen to YouTube videos, whatever your like preferred method of learning or educational resources is. There's so much out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking up something that you know is a real website with like practical advice, I don't know about, there's some weird subreddits out there. So I don't know about those, but um, definitely going off of like NerdWallet, mm-hmm. Investopedia, Talking to your friends and family who you know are pretty savvy with money, that's a good way to get a lot of tips too. 
That's true. And I'd like to add to that. There are a lot of investment firms now, not a lot, but upcoming. There's a surplus, yeah. That, that are a actually industry. That are actually targeted towards women and women mm-hmm. investors. One of them is Elvest. I don't know if you've, you're aware of Elvest, but they have some really yes. great free resources. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I read about is you know how every time people tell you, don't go buy a cup of Starbucks. You need, yes. you know, if you aggregate <laughs> that much, become a millionaire. It's like, right? <laughs> it's like go get a Starbucks coffee. Okay. That is not mm-hmm. going to build you. Buying Starbucks is not going to keep you from building wealth. You know, right. there's a lot meatier, uh, a lot of uh, better advice out there, investment advice out, out there for women other than don't buy mm-hmm. coffee. <laughs> I yes, thought exactly. Um, I thought that was really great. And I, I would say podcasts too. Podcasts mm-hmm. are great for, and there's so many about financial investments, including what we're doing today, right? Yes. Yeah. I've, I've gotten into a few financial podcasts over the years. Yeah. It does help build your knowledge, your confidence, just listening to other people's personal Mm -hmm. stories or Mm -hmm. other people's advice. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things I've, I've done also is following them on social. Like I follow Elvest on, on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I also subscribe to their newsletter and they just have a wealth of information. So when you're bored or you have a few minutes to spare or you're standing in line at the grocery store, it's just mm-hmm. so easy to pull it up and be like, oh, I didn't know about that. And sometimes uh, they give you the information in snippets so it doesn't feel overwhelming. That's great. Yeah, so. I've never have looked into Elvest myself, but I know a family, like a cousin of mine uses it and I've heard mm-hmm. really good reviews about it. So it's doing good work, especially if it's targeting women who may not be as confident to go take mm-hmm. the plunge in investing. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Okay, so we're coming up to our last question. And okay. we, we already touched on it because we were talking about uh, some of the resources that uh, women can tap into. So are there other resources and tools that you can think of that you can share with us today that women can tap into to gain that confidence they need to invest? Well, like you were saying with reading the newsletter from Elvest or reading some of their snippets, like just reading that stuff when it comes across your desk or your inbox or the news headlines. When you see something about money, finances, saving, why not read it, skim it? Maybe it's stuff you already know, but even if you already know these things, it could reinforce it in your, in your mind and it could like it could be the motivation for you to put it to work. Mm-hmm. I, I always try to read up on like whatever finance topics I come across. And I would say, talk to people, open the conversation, especially if you are a female and you might have a lot of female friends or family members, talk to them about money because mm-hmm. women don't talk to each other about money enough. And that's why we get paid I 80 agree. cents on the dollar for every dollar a man makes. So you agree. have to, you know, just be open about it because you're not going to, learn anything if you don't talk about it or ask questions. I completely agree. And the other thing I want to add to that is don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say the worst that can ever happen is for someone to say no. But if you come, you know, to the table armed with your data and um, to support why you're asking for more money, it's highly unlikely someone's going to say no unless they just don't want to pay you. Right. It doesn't hurt to ask doesn't hurt at all. If anything, you'll open the negotiation. 
Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would like to add um, to that before we close out? I would say if you want to get into investing, do a little bit of research and then just start. Like if you have a, an hour in the morning before work or, you know, if you have an hour in your day, read up on how to invest and then the next day go do it. It doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't take a lot of money and it's really going to help you in the long run. So stop waiting around and just do it. <laughs> I agree. That's a great way for us to end. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us today and sharing your amazing insights on how we can gain the confidence we need to manage our investments. I really appreciate your time. Of course, it was my pleasure. So so nice talking to you. And oh, before you go, if our listeners want to learn more, how can they get in touch with you? Because you know they might have some questions. Of course. Yeah, you can find me on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Michelle with what L, B-A-C-I comedy, Michelle Bocci comedy. And on Twitter, I'm Michelle with one L, B-A-C-I, just Michelle Bocci. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Therapy Roulette, and just find me on the internet. I'm always happy to talk, you know, DM me, and we'll talk about money. Awesome. And I, I have to tell everybody, I did listen to your podcast, Therapy Roulette, and I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. I, it's a new project and I'm super excited about it. And I love the podcasting universe. So it's so nice to be a part of it. <laughs> I, I do too. And hopefully maybe the next time we'll have a session where we'll talk about what you do with your podcast, because I think it's really great what you're doing. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. It's a blend of mental health and comedy, trying to bring more of both into your life. So I, I love it. And it's been a great passion project so far. And I'm so glad you're doing your podcast too. Yes, it's a passion project that uh, was a long time coming. So it's exciting to be in this universe, like you said. Yes, and you're empowering women, which is one of the best goals out there. Absolutely, my passion in life. <laughs> well, thanks, awesome Mich- Keep at it. <laughs> thanks, Michelle. Um, again, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, we'll, we'll have you on another time. Thank you so much. I, I hope to talk again soon. All right, have a good one. You too. Managing your investments does not have to be intimidating. By educating yourself, finding low-cost apps to get you started, taking your level of risk into consideration, automating your savings, asking questions, and making the time, you'll be well on your way to gaining the confidence you need to build your investments. That's all for our show today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pandora. Want to learn more about how to build your investments and wealth? Check out our personal finance coffee and cash blog post on gabmuse.com. Also, don't forget to connect with our Facebook community at Gabmuse Women to continue this conversation and many more along the way. Until next time, stay safe and find the inspiration to live your best life. 